Hey there, I'm Lauren Hicks, pastor of Pacific Christian Center in Santa Maria, California. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. It's my prayer that this message strengthens your faith and draws you closer to God. Now enjoy today's message. We've come together today. We got up on this Sunday morning. We came to your house to gather with your people, to gather in your name, to bring the one, the only one who is worthy, to bring him praise, to bring him glory, to bring him honor. Jesus, we have come today to worship you. There is no other reason to come today but to worship you. So, Lord, may we turn our hearts to you. May we turn our attention to you. May we turn our focus to you today and give you our undivided attention. May we set aside every other thought, every other thing that might weigh us down, every other obligation, responsibility that would weigh on our heart and put our minds upon you today because you are worthy. And Jesus, I pray that you will be glorified and honored with what takes place here today in this house. As we turn our hearts to your word today, Jesus, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. May the word of God ring so clear in our hearts and lives today. May my word as the servant, as a messenger, may my words fade away, but may your word stay with our hearts. May it stay with us. May it bring revelation to us today because we know your word changes things. And God, I pray today, as your word says, that when the message goes forth, it will not return void, it will not return empty, that this word, this message will bear fruit in the hearts and lives of your people fruit that will remain. We ask for your anointing and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. Amen. What a wonderful morning this is. What a beautiful day to come together. Amen, everybody. What a beautiful day to come together. I've been encouraged already. I feel like I've been to church already today as we have worshiped our Savior together. What a wonderful opportunity that this is. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you brought a Bible with you or maybe you have a Bible app on your phone, I'll invite you to turn a couple of places with me today. Luke chapter 2 and also Isaiah chapter 9. Luke chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 9. I'll share some supplemental verses of scripture with you, but that'll be our starting point here in just a moment. If you were with us last week, we began a Christmas sermon series, a Christmas message series simply called Home for Christmas. Home for Christmas. Christmas is about home. It's about the gathering of the family. It's about you and I coming together with family. Of course, we put Jesus right in the center of that. And I think the central message of Christmas is that God wants to be at home in you. And we'll continue talking about that over the course of this month, that God would find his place of residence within us, that we would welcome him into our hearts and welcome him into our lives. And if you were with us last week, I shared what I think is a compelling message about the grace of God, simply titled, You Are Invited to the Table, that God has a place for you at His table. And if you weren't here last week, I want to invite you to go home and go to our YouTube channel and watch the message from last week. I think it will bless you. I think it will have an impact in your life. But today I'd like to share a message with you that I've titled, Home is a Place of Peace. Home is a Place of Peace. Can I ask you a question today? And I appreciate your permission to do so because I was going to do it anyway. But I'd like to ask you a question, actually several questions today to begin this message, just some thought of reflection for us. And I'm just going to throw it out there today. Let me ask you, is your home a place of peace? Is your home a place of peace? 
Would you say that you are at peace with God? Are you at peace with yourself? Are you at peace with others? Does God's peace fill your home? You see, I believe God designed the home and the family, that dwelling place that you have, that residence that you have, your apartment, your condo, your home, your mobile home, your travel trailer, wherever you find your place of residence, that God's designed the home to be a sanctuary. And that your home should be the safest place in your life. It's a place where we shut out the, the, the world. And it doesn't matter the grandeur of your home, the size of your home. It can be a very simple home, but at least you have four walls that you can go in and you can shut the door and you can close the world outside. You can close the stress and the fear and the worry and, the, and all the cares and the responsibilities. You can shut it all outside so that the home can be a sanctuary. But sadly today, the home is not a place of peace. In many homes today, the, the home is a place of conflict. It's a place of strife. And people don't want to go home sometimes because there is no peace at home. We must know that this is not the will of God for us. Can I give you a word from the Lord today? It is the will of God that your home be a place of peace. That's a word from the Lord. One of the primary messages of Christmas is peace. Our Christmas music filled with the word peace, the Christmas story. Your Christmas cards will say peace on earth. Even the Charlie Brown Christmas story tells that part of it, that peace is a part of Christmas. Truth that Jesus has come to bring us peace is embedded in every part of the biblical story. In fact, it was prophesied more than 700 years before the birth of Christ that the Messiah would not only be a messenger of peace, but that Jesus would be the Prince of Peace. Many today would say that Christmas is anything but peaceful. With the busyness of the season, with all of the many gatherings and the events and the parties and the shopping and the expectations and the travel, some are just glad when we turn the page on the calendar and it's all over and we can go back to normal. According to the survey by American Psychological Association, 38% of people said that their stress level increases during the holidays. Participants listed a lack of time, a lack of money, the commercialism of it all, the pressure of having to give gifts and family gatherings. They listed all these things as the top stressors. But more than the holidays, I'm guessing that many of you would agree today that the past 18 months have been anything but peaceful. The levels that we have seen, the levels of anxiety, the levels of frustration, anger, stress, and grief have risen exponentially. We see it all around us and maybe even within us. If the story of Christmas is a message of peace, why aren't we experiencing more of it? If peace is embedded as a central component of the Christmas story and the gospel itself, then why aren't we experiencing more of God's peace? Why aren't we more peaceful in our homes, in our relationships with one another, even in our own hearts? Why aren't we experiencing 
more of God's peace. Shouldn't Christ's followers be the most peaceful people on the earth? After all, we have experienced God's salvation, His grace, His love, and His freedom. Where is this peace that the Bible talks about? I'm convinced that the peace of God is only experienced as we learn to abide daily with Jesus. And that comes from a lifelong journey of serving Jesus as a Christ follower. And I have not been able to discover peace any other way. I have not been able to experience the peace of God apart from daily abiding with Jesus. If you want to learn a little more about abiding with Jesus, you can read on your own time the Gospel of John chapter 15 where Jesus talks about the importance of us staying connected to him. That we would remain in him, that we would abide with him, that we would live with him. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he says, the only way you're going to live a fruitful life, and remember, uh, the Apostle Paul talks in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those things is peace. The only way we're going to be fruitful, Jesus says, is that we are connected to the life-giving source. And he says, it's just like a branch and its leaves, a branch and the fruit. If you disconnect it, if you have a fruit tree, I have a red plum tree in my backyard, and, and those branches will produce fruit, and if I go out and I cut the branch off and throw it on the ground, that branch ceases to produce fruit. And in the same way, Jesus says, apart from him, you cannot, you cannot have this fruit. You cannot have spiritual fruit. In seasons of my life where I got busy, and I'll just confess that to you, and I'm sure you probably have seasons in your life where you have been busy as well, and not because we wanted to, we certainly wasn't intentional doing this, but just because we got caught up in the busyness of life, we have neglected our time with Jesus. We've neglected the essentials, the basics, the foundation of being in the Word of God and, and, and spending time with God in prayer and reflecting on Scripture that we just got caught up in the busyness and the rush of life and we neglected that and we find ourselves more anxious, more stressful, more irritated. We find ourselves reactive towards one another. We find ourselves more frustrated, more stressed out, more angry. And we're asking the question, where is this peace of God? And the answer is because we have been disconnected from the vine. And it doesn't mean that you're not saved, but the life-giving source of Jesus is not there because we have ceased to abide with him. And so if you're in a season where you say, I am not at peace in myself, I am not at peace with others, I want to encourage you today to go back to the source of peace. There's only one place, friends. It is abiding in Christ. That's where you'll find it. That's good preaching, by the way, everybody. That's where you'll find it. That's where you'll find it. Peace is something everyone wants, and yet few seem to find it. Interesting to, to, to know your definition of peace. You might say peace is tranquility, it's harmony, it's security, it's laying on a beach in Cabo. I don't know what peace is to you. The word peace appears in the Bible over four hundred times think about that over 400 times it's in the bible and the old testament the word peace is the word shalom and to this day jewish people will still say shalom as a greeting and the word shalom means a state of wholeness and harmony it is when someone says shalom to you they are wishing you to be well they are wishing you to be whole in every way it is an inner well-being 
The coming of the Messiah had been predicted by the prophet Isaiah somewhere around the year 700 B.C. And his prophecies recorded in the Bible referring to Jesus are quoted worldwide, especially this time of year. And we even sing about it. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in, a, in an era that was considered a time of peace. It was called Pax Romana, or Roman peace. But it wasn't true peace. It only existed because the Roman soldiers quickly destroyed any form of dissent. The Roman army maintained a level of peace, but it wasn't freedom. It wasn't true peace for the people. Seven centuries before that time of relative peace, hostile armies were prepared to invade Jerusalem. And during that difficult and tumultuous time, God makes a remarkable announcement through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and he says, On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, predicting, prophesying the day the Messiah would come. A prophetic word that peace of God was coming. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet Reminds the Jewish people that God had not forgotten them. That a light was coming. He would be the Messiah. And this Christmas season, we too need to be reminded about a baby who has come to be our Savior. His character traits are amazing. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. If you have your Bible in Luke chapter 2, we'll come back to this story. But just one verse to, to start today, Luke Chapter 2, verse 14, if you're familiar with the account of the birth of Jesus in Scripture, you know the shepherds were out in the fields watching over their flock at night, and it was just an ordinary night, there was nothing to indicate that this night would be different than any other night of their life watching sheep, but on that night something happened that had never happened before. The angelic host appeared with an announcement that the baby Jesus had been born, and the angels were praising God. In verse 14, the Bible says, this is what they were saying. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The peace that was in heaven would now become the peace on earth through this baby that was being born in Jerusalem. In Isaiah chapter 9, we told the story about the prophet and this announcement that a child would be born, a son would be given, the government would be upon his shoulders and he would be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. And while the Bible talks about this peace hundreds of times, we come back to this important question today, why don't we see more of it? We don't see a lot of peace today. Think about it. We have disagreements between family members. We have disagreements between co-workers. We have disputes with our friends and our neighbors. And while it's sometimes hard to admit, we've even had conflict in the church. As someone once said, where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, there will eventually be conflict. That's a joke, by the way, everybody. It's okay to laugh. The word peace means wholeness. It means completeness. Conflict brings division, but, the word, but peace brings wholeness, this peace that God gives us. Everyone wants peace. You've never met a person who didn't in their heart deeply want 
peace, and whether it's a national leader sitting across the table from other world leaders or a businessman or businesswoman facing the pressure of a deadline at the office or parents trying to corral their kids and take them to their many uh, obligations and many places they have to go, or maybe it's just a student trying to get through this semester and finish your finals, whatever it is, everyone wants peace. But most of us, if we are honest with ourselves, have to admit that we are experiencing more stress than we are peace. But I think as we look at the scripture, we discover that this baby that was born 2,000 years ago has come to bring us three kinds of peace. And the first is the most important. In fact, the other two don't happen unless you have the first peace. And the first kind of peace that Jesus has come to bring us is peace with God. In Jesus, we have peace with God. And this is the greatest peace that you could ever experience in your life. You'll never truly have relational peace. You'll never truly have peace in your soul unless you really have peace with God. And we learn something in the New Testament in Romans chapter 5. As the Apostle Paul begins to talk to us about our honest, sinful condition. And Paul paints a picture in the early chapters of the book of Romans reminding us that we have sinned, that we have failed, that we have fallen short of God's standard, that, that, it, it, that we are sinners. In fact, Paul says there's not one righteous, not even one. He says, for all have sinned. And that's all of us. That's you, sir. That's you, ma'am. That's you, teenager. That's every one of us. We have all sinned. And because of our sin, we are the enemies of God. We are separated from God. In the end, what matters most is that you have peace with God. You may have at your home this Christmas season a beautiful tree with presents underneath and gifts for your loved ones. And maybe it's a prosperous Christmas for you and you can have a beautifully decorated home for the holidays and you can have festive parties and gatherings with your family and your friends. But in the end, let me ask you, do you have peace with God? Jesus has come to bridge the gap between us and God. We are separated, as we said, because of our sin. But the cross of Jesus is the bridge. He is the bridge that connects us to God so that now through Christ we have the opportunity to be reconciled to our Heavenly Father and have peace with God. We had separation between God. We had enmity between us and God. Our transgressions and our sins were so great, but Jesus has come So that before God we could have peace, there can be nothing that stands between us and God. There is nothing that hinders our relationship with God. All the Father sees is the blood of Jesus that has been applied to our lives. We have peace with God. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we are restored to a relationship of peace with God. And it is an eternal peace. And this is how Paul said in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Did you catch that? Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to have peace with God, you have to go through Jesus. There is no other way. There is no other name, the Bible says, under heaven, whereby we might be saved, but through Jesus. He is the way for you and I to experience this peace with God. And if you have experienced this peace with God, and by the way, how many of you have experienced peace with God? Anybody in this house today want to testify? Have you experienced peace with God? Thank God for what he's given us. If you have experienced this peace with God, then today you have a reason to worship. 
because you know that your sins have been forgiven. You no longer live with a sense of hopeless sense of guilt and shame. You know today the assurance of your salvation. You are loved and cherished by your heavenly father. All of this is because of Jesus who came 2,000 years ago. Amen. In Jesus we have peace with God. But then that leads to another place of peace. In Jesus we have emotional peace. Emotional peace. And don't raise your hand. And many of us today, this is where we are struggling. We need this peace deep inside, this emotional peace. And it seems as if we are constantly fighting our own battles. We have a list of things to worry about. And if you don't have much on your list, if you want to help me out, I'll give you a few things on my list and you can help me worry. Worry's not productive, is it? Someone said it's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere, right? That's what worry is. But we constantly worry. Our children, our grandchildren are at the top of our list oftentimes. We worry about them. We worry about our jobs. We worry about our health. We worry about our grades at school. We worry about having enough finances. Stress for so many has become a way of life, and it's not God's plan for us. It's not good for us to be overwhelmed with stress. I believe that Jesus gives us a peace that goes beyond understanding. It's the kind of peace that enables us to experience an inner calm despite circumstances that would normally cause us stress. And by the way, this is a powerful testimony to the world around us. When your world is falling apart and you have inner peace, people around you are going to wonder about you. People are going to wonder why you're not falling apart. Your world's falling apart, but you're not falling apart. And they're going to wonder, what is it within you? What do you have? What do you possess that enables you to keep it all together, to keep calm when everything is falling apart in your life? And you have the opportunity to testify that you have this emotional peace because you now have peace with God. I'll never forget years ago one night, this is less than 10 years ago now, uh, my phone rang one night about nine o'clock at night it was my brother on the phone and he wouldn't normally call at night so I was a little surprised to get his phone call and I heard a shaky voice on the other end of the phone saying Lauren pray for mom and dad their house is on fire and it took me a little while to get through to them but my my parents had gone to to bed my mom was already asleep my dad was sitting on the bed playing with a little puppy that he had just got a little (laughs) puppy my mom sits up, wakes up, and she says, Ron, are you cooking something? And he said, no. And she said, I, I smell something. My dad gets up. He went to the, goes to the other end of the house. The other end of the house is engulfed in flames and smoke already. In their pajamas, my dad grabs his laptop computer. My mom grabs her purse. They ran out into the yard and stood and watched their home burn to the ground. Everything they possessed burned to the ground that night. And my dad said, I watched my home and everything I own burn to the ground with the peace of God in my heart. He said, there was a supernatural peace of God that flooded my soul. He said, it's unexplainable, but I knew everything was going to be all right. I knew God was going to take care of everything. Can I tell you, God has replaced everything they lost and more because of his faithfulness and his goodness. But I tell you that story to tell you. We can give God praise for that. I tell you that story. To let you know that your world can be burning down. But there's a supernatural peace of God. 
You see, the peace we possess doesn't come from the things we own. It doesn't come from the things around us. It's God-given. And if God wants us to have it, friends, we can have it no matter what's happening around us. You ever flown on an airplane in the middle of a storm? You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about with tur- turbulence on an airplane. I'll, I'll never forget a, a flight. I was taking a, a, a group of college students to New Jersey to do uh, a week of missions work at, at a, actually at Rutgers University. And we were landing in, or at, at, uh, approaching Newark, New Jersey airport in the middle of a terrible storm. You could look out the window and see lightning flashing, you know, and, and I've, I've I've flown a lot over the years and I know, you know, have a little bumpy flight, that doesn't bother you. But if you've ever flown a storm like that when the whole plane is shaky, even the, even the most seasoned traveler kind of sits up and pulls that belt a little bit tighter. You know what I'm talking about, everybody? And, and people's cups were falling over and the, the luggage racks were popping open and that, that type of thing. And people were getting scared and people were looking in front of them for that little bag that's in front of you. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of thing. It was a pretty shaky flight. But there's a story that I came across this week, a story of a, a flight that had some unusual turbulence, and the plane was tossing in a very strong gust of wind, the clouds looked dark, and there was lightning nearby, and, and there was an eerie silence that settled over the passengers between their, their, uh, their, their screams and their shrieks every time the plane would bounce because of the turbulence, and no one felt safe, except for one small child. It was a little boy sitting there preoccupied with his notebook and his pen, and he was drawing a picture of himself climbing a tree on a sunny day. And to look at him, you would have never guessed that there was anything going on and that the plane wasn't flying in the middle of a storm. And a nearby passenger noticed this little boy and wondered how he could be so calm. And so she asked the young boy, aren't you afraid? And he looked up from his paper for a moment and smiled and said, no. And she said, why not? She's gripping the seat handles and she's white knuckled, you know. And the little boy responded, because my dad is the pilot. There was was an assurance in the little boy's heart because of the deep trust that he had in the abilities of his father. And when I read that story, I thought, I'm so glad God is my pilot. I don't have a bumper sticker on my car that says God is my co-pilot. I decided to put him in the driver's seat. Jesus, take the wheel a long time ago. He's my pilot. And along the way, along the way, the road might get a little bumpy. Along the way, it might get curvy. And along the way, it may be uncertain. But as long as Jesus is my pilot, friends, we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And Jesus... Talks to his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 27, as he is preparing them for his departure. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. That's the word of God to you today as well. My peace I give you. He says, I don't give as the world gives. What does the world give? The world gives imitation. Tries to substitute something else for God's peace. He says, "I'm I'm not giving that fake stuff like the world gives you. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. I'm reminded of the story of Jesus asleep in the boat. Remember the story on the Sea of Galilee? Even the seasoned fishermen who spent their life in these boats on the Sea of Galilee were afraid. That must have been quite a storm. They knew those waters like the back of their hand. They grew up as little boys in those boats. They 
They were very accustomed to handling a boat, even in high waves. But this storm was so significant that they were afraid that they would drown. And yet Jesus is in the boat and he is asleep in the storm. And the disciples, after Jesus uh, calms the storm, many of you are familiar with this story, Jesus calms at his command, the wind stops blowing and the sea becomes calm. And the disciples ask the question in Mark chapter 4, what kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the water obeys him. You see, the peace of God is not the absence of conflict. God never promises you and I, in this book, he never promises us a conflict-free life. He never promises us a life uh, apart. He doesn't say we're going to not have difficulties, we're not going to have strife, we're not going to have problems. We all have it. That is a part of our human condition living in a fallen, broken world. Everyone has hardship. Every family has difficulty. But there is a peace in the midst of the storm. So can I ask you, what are you anxious about this morning? What kept you awake last night? Fear and anxiety and worry are not from God. Boy, I needed to hear this message today. I don't know about you. Fear and worry and anxiety are not from God. Your peace of mind is connected to your faith in God. Would you be willing to put your fears in His hands? Would you be willing to put that stress, that anxiety, that frustration, that anger, that grief, would you be willing to put it in the hands of God and let him take control? If you do so, I believe that you'll find that emotional peace that's in Jesus. But there's a final peace today I want to talk about. In Jesus, we have peace with others. In Jesus, we have peace with others. And this is important, and this is biblical. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the writer says, make every effort to live at peace with everyone. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone. That means you've got to put some effort into it, friend. To not just expect that it's going to happen. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, Paul says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The peace that Jesus offers us is like no other. His peace produces an internal calm, even in the midst of external chaos. If you have peace with God, which leads to an emotional peace, then you can be at peace with others, in most cases. You can't control the other person, you can't control their reaction, but you can control your reaction. You can control what's in you if the peace of God is inside. The angels announced in Luke chapter 2 that Christ would bring peace to earth. It is only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And his life was given upon the cross as a sacrifice for us so we could have peace with God, peace inside of ourselves, and peace with others. I wonder today if you have received this peace. You're watching online today. I wonder if you have received this peace that God offers us. I know sometimes the Christmas season can be stressful. Some of you are worried about well, you're worried about seeing that relative. You, you know that relative? No, don't mention their name. You're worried about seeing that relative. 
Secretly, you'd rather avoid that situation. You're stressed about the finances this time of year. You're stressed about all the busyness. Let's pause this morning and remember Jesus. Let's pause this morning, this Christmas season, set our minds upon Christ. Remember the baby who came for peace on earth. And we would be able to experience this peace. When Linda gave birth to Emily, she's probably watching online. Hi, Emily. When Linda gave birth to Emily, our second-born daughter, that pregnancy had been a difficult pregnancy. And for whatever reason, that was the most difficult pregnancy of the three. And uh, she was sick most of the time for, for nine months. Smells made her sick. Some of you women here can identify with that. Certain, a lot of different smells made her sick. Only certain foods that she could eat. It was a, it was a challenging time for her. But I remember the night after she gave birth and we'd had some time with the little baby and the nurse asked, you know, may, maybe it'd be best for us to take her back to the, to the nursery unit because, you know, you've been through a lot giving birth and you need to get some rest. So, so Linda took a nap, went to sleep for a little bit, and then she woke up. She said, Lauren, she said, I want to go see our baby. I want to go see our baby. And so we got up together, we held hands, walked down the hall, walked and went to the window. And I don't know if hospitals still do this. It's been a while since we had a baby. But we stood at that window and we looked at our, our baby and I looked over at Linda and she had t- some tears coming down her face and it had been such a difficult pregnancy and Linda, she looked at me and she said, I could do this again. I could do this again. And in that moment, in that moment, she had forgotten about all the pain. She had forgotten about all the difficulty delivering the baby. She had forgotten about the sickness and all those days that she suffered. She had forgotten all about it because she was focused on the joy. That's what I want to invite you to do this Christmas season, is to turn your heart towards the joy of the Lord. And yes, you may have some difficult times this Christmas season. And yes, there may be some legitimate reasons for you to feel a bit stressed out. And maybe fear and worry and anxiety and frustration have mounted in you. But I believe that if you will focus on the joy that we have in Jesus, you will experience an inner peace that surpasses everything that you're experiencing this Christmas season. And that peace is available to you because of Jesus. Our worship team comes to help us close today. I want you to remember this truth. I want you to take this home today. I want you to take this home. This is so important. I want you to remember this thought. Living with peace requires a mind that is set on God. Living with peace requires a mind that is set on God. The reason we live without peace is is because so often we have magnified in our minds the problems and cares of life. We've made them so big. We've kind of forgotten about Jesus, not intentionally, but we're not focused on Jesus. We're focused on that issue. We're focused on that problem, that situation. But when we focus on Jesus and realize his glory, his majesty, realize how great he is and how powerful he is. And when you reflect on his goodness and you go down memory lane and count your blessings and remember and not forget the benefits of God, the blessings of God in your life. Well, there's a peace that settles in your heart and in your life. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 
says you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Will you trust Jesus this Christmas season? Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts since as members of one body you are called to peace. Did you catch that? We are called to peace. Let the peace of Christ rule or control your heart and your life. Getting back to what I began with today. Your home, your home, it's the will of God that your home be a place of peace. If there has been strife in your home, you can surrender that to God. Let his peace fill your hearts and it will impact the relationships you have with one another. Let your home be a place of peace. Let your heart be a place of God's peace. Can we stand together, everyone? Father, today we thank you for your word that speaks so powerfully to our hearts and our lives. What a gift that you've given us. What a gift you've given us. This amazing peace of God. The peace of God that goes beyond understanding. When we can't figure it out, when we don't know why, when we're frustrated, when we're anxious, when we're stressed out, when we're angry, there's a peace that we can experience that comes from you. And today, Father, I pray for my friends that are here today. They need to experience this peace. I pray for my friends watching online. Lord, they need to experience your peace. Glory to God in the highest, the angel said. Peace on earth. Lord, we want everything that you have given us. We want to experience everything that you have declared that we would have. Give us your peace today. With our heads bowed in this room today. I wonder if there might be some in this room that your starting point today is that you need peace with God. You know you're not in a relationship with God or you're not in a right relationship with God and you need peace with God. You want to come to Him and you need to experience His grace and His forgiveness, and His mercy. You need to be restored to your Heavenly Father through Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand today and let me pray for you today? I need peace with God. That's my starting point. Yes, yes. I need peace with God. Yes. There's a few hands lifted here today. Thank you for your honesty today. Thank you. This is where it all begins. You'll never truly experience peace with others, peace within yourself, until you have peace with God. And so I want to lead you in prayer today. And church, I want to invite you to pray with me. And if you raised your hand and you're sincere today, you have a wonderful Heavenly Father who wants to embrace you, who wants to reconcile you through Jesus as you put your faith and trust in Him. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today recognizing our need for you. I need you. I need your peace in my life. And I know that begins with peace with you. So I come to you through Jesus to put my faith in you. I ask for your forgiveness of my sins. And I confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again and you did it for me. Let your peace fill my heart today. From this day forward, my desire is to serve you and to know you. In Jesus' name. How many of you today with heads still bowed in this room say, I know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. 
But right now, I've been in a difficult season and I haven't had a lot of emotional peace and maybe I haven't had a lot of peace with others. And I need this Christmas season to experience that peace with God. Would you lift your hand let me pray for you today? I'm in a, just kind of a tough season right now. I'm, I know Jesus, but there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And, and this Christmas season, I want to come back to abiding with Jesus, spending that time with Him and finding that peace. Can we pray together? Lord, I just pray for my friends today and ask that you would let them experience this amazing peace that comes from you. Peace deep in our soul, emotional peace with God. That we would not live our days stressed out and anxious and afraid and worried, angry. We would not be people that are reactionary towards one another. That we would not be quick with our words. That we would not have homes that are filled with strife and anger but that we would learn to live in the peace of the Lord. Let your peace settle over our spirit. And I pray that you would help us to learn daily to abide with you because truly we're not going to find that peace anywhere else in this world, but only in Jesus. And let it bring a calmness to our soul and let it bring peace in our relationships with one another. I pray that you would do this good work in our lives. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Special thanks to those of you who give so generously to make this ministry possible. If God has put it on your heart to give, please visit our website at pacificchristian.net. And if you enjoyed today's message, please consider subscribing, sharing with your friends on social media, and giving us a rating in iTunes. This will enable us to expand our reach and share the message of Christ with more people. Until next time, God bless you.